Good morning, church. We have a really special morning uh, for you. Uh, glad that you're here. You can always tell when the leaves are starting to change, uh, tenants dips. Uh, people are, are seeing the aspens and enjoying that. So you, the proud, the fittest, uh, thanks for being here uh, and enjoying this morning. I hope you're blessed with worship and fellowship and smiles and getting to know some new people. Uh, glad that you're here and, and worshiping with us. I'm going to invite a few people up, and some of them know about this and some of them don't, so I apologize ahead of time. But Clara and Christina, would you please come up here? Um, Clara, you can explain uh, to your mom what I said. Clara always tells me she doesn't understand English, but she does. She just mocks me. So we're super excited to have them up here, the Torreses. And also Lalo and Leslie and Isaias, would you please come up here? Would you give them a round of applause from Rock Creek? Come on up. So this is, uh, you guys can come on down this way. This is a pretty special uh, morning for us as a church. You know, we, uh, for 20 years, Beth and Mark, we have uh, made Juarez uh, part of who we are uh, as a church and uh, going down and serving at, at different points and sometimes more often than others, uh, kind of hit a bump with the violence a handful of years ago. Um, but if you're new around here, one of the things that you need to know is uh, we do a lot. We send people to Vietnam. We have a group leaving for Vietnam next month. We uh, send people to different places in Africa, um, places in Haiti. We go to Juarez, et cetera. And we also do things locally here to serve uh, and, and to fulfill the Great Commission. But Juarez is different. It's not better. It's different. Uh, and the reason why I say it's different is because we as a leadership of the church, both uh, prior to me and prior to many of you, and the leadership of the church now, genuine feels like this is a call and a directive from God, that it is our uh, God-given task uh, to partner in family relationships with our friends and family in Juarez, and that it's not up for discussion. This is a directive that we believe is from God. And every time we go down to Juarez, we feel that. We feel that it's family. We receive uh, the confirmation of the call. And so I want to introduce to some of you, you've seen their pictures on the screen. You've packed the shoe boxes. We've told you about them. And so now you get to see, it's like meeting real movie stars, right? Uh, and so uh, I'll, I'll start uh, to my left. Uh, you've heard us talk about the church that we uh, really have a, a, a brother-sister relationship uh, with down in uh, Juarez, and uh, it's Jehovah Provera, uh, Pastor Jose Luis Torres, and his beautiful bride, Christina, are the pastors there, and so this is Christina, so uh, she is here, yes. Uh, Christina and Jose Luis have several children. One decided to grace us with her beautiful presence, so this is Clara. <laughs> And uh, we, we did a, a lot of work uh, at the church um, last week uh, for our guys' trip. You're going to hear about that next week. Um, but we, we always are able to go there, uh, attend worship, uh, go to the feeding center, and, and really feel like we are family. They, they do such an incredible job to make us feel like we are truly familia. And I hope that you all feel that 
today with, with you all. Uh, and so you all have a responsibility to reciprocate that um, because we are really the church. Uh, and then this morning, we are so excited. There's a, a, a fairly new partnership relationship that God has forged uh, with Rock Creek Church and YWAM El Paso Juarez. Uh, and so uh, this is Lalo, his beautiful bride, Leslie, and his incredibly cute son, <laughs> Isaias. So please welcome them as well. Uh, Is, uh, Lalo holds Isaias so that people will pay attention to him. Um, because if he's not holding the baby, he's off in the corner sitting by himself. So this is like his whoopee. Uh, and so, hello, Isaias. Uh, and so we are so excited. Uh, thankful that you guys are here with us. We love you. We pray for you often. We have a, a deep heart and passion for Juarez. Uh, and so thank you uh, for making the travel. We hope you're enjoying Colorado and all the beautiful colors and the family. Uh, Kathy Hart is here again. She was here several weeks ago and commissioned us uh, for our Juarez trip. Uh, and so great things happening in the life of the church. Would you stand with me? We're going to just pray for our, our family. We're going to pray for you. Uh, uh, and then Isaias gets to go to the nursery and hang out with Miss Sarah, which will make her day. Uh, and then uh, we are going to sit down with Lalo and allow you to hear uh, his God story. Uh, so let's pray together. So God, thank you. Jehovah Pravira, you have provided in so many ways. You are the great giver. Uh, thank you for your love. Thank you for the Torahs that they could be here this morning. Thank you so much for their love for you and their love for us as a church. Thank you for their family that's back home. Pray that you would bless them today. Uh, thank you so much for Lalo. Yep. And Isaias and Leslie. Thank you. God, we're going to hear your story of what you've done in their lives. Pray that it be your story and that you would be the hero. Thank you that we are the church. Uh, what a little tiny glimpse of what heaven is going to be like when you bring together every tribe, every nation, every color, every background, and that every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that you are Lord. And so thank you for just a peek behind the curtain this morning. And we bless you in Jesus' name. Amen. Would you welcome them once again? Yes. All right, after you. Can you help them now? Can you help them now? All right. Hey, Lalo, you're staying here, so hand the baby off. So, you know, what's really interesting uh, is, you know, God gives the church, not Rock Creek, not America. Uh, you can have a seat. Thanks, buddy. I'm going to turn on your mic. Uh, God gives all of us the Great Commission. And sometimes what we can think as Americans is that it's our commission, um, that we are supposed to go into all the world uh, with answers and with hope and direction. And, and actually, it's... It's for everybody. Uh, and very quickly what is happening is even America, this, is, this has nothing to do with Lalo's story, but a little bit of a primer. America is slowly becoming one of the most um, mis uh, largest mission fields in the world. I want you to think about that. Because the American church, we, we highlight, we champion, we celebrate, we show pictures of us going. And very slowly but surely, America is becoming the number one place where missionaries go because the rest of the world looks at America and goes, they are so lost. It's interesting. And so the, the Great Commission is not ours. 
it's the whole world. And uh, Lalo and his family and Christina and Clara and all the work that uh, Kathy Hart and her family has done over the years, it's, it's part of obeying and, and, and responding to that great commission. And so we are privileged um, beyond belief, Lalo, my friend, to have you here this morning. I'm going to try my hardest not to be sarcastic with you. Um, and so Lalo and I have a little bit of a relationship. Uh, when I, we, we went into the Torres's uh, uh, housing area when we were there last week and the guard asked for my name and I, why are you smiling? <laughs> and I said, me, I'm O'Brien. I thought my Spanish was unbelievable. <laughs> and Lalo, good thing he didn't have milk in his mouth. He, he just starts laughing hysterically. And I'm like, you got to be kidding. I try my best and you mock me. And he says, no, no, no. All the problem people in this colonia are named Kevin and Brian. <laughs> and so you just told the guard your name's Brian. So, um, so thanks for that encouragement. That was really sweet of you. Um, so Lalo, welcome. Thank you. <laughs> I'm his interpreter. Thank you. Uh, Lalo, uh, Lalo is an amazing guy. He does all of our interpretation when we're down there. When we go to the uh, Jehovah Prevera Church, uh, Lalo tries to keep up uh, and then kind of fills in the blanks. But we're excited to hear your story. I want to start with, uh, uh, and we'll do this in in. in segments and uh, much like a mission trip, we didn't plan anything we were going to, but we didn't. So uh, if I interrupt him, I'm not being rude. I just want to get some things in. So um, I want to start with you sharing uh, with our church, where, where were you born and uh, what kind of environment was, was that? Oh, okay. Uh, as, as Pastor Brian say, my name is Lalo and I'm a little bit nervous. <laughs> um, it is a... Um, it's a really, for me, it's a really sad story, you know, because it's, um, it's, a, it's a time where uh, it's a brokenness, it's a family that's broke. It's a time where uh, a child is suffering. And um, um, I grew up in Juarez. I born in, in Juarez. And I, I, so can I go with my story or did I yeah, have to ahead. wait for you? <laughs> <laughs> no one here waits for me. Okay, so, awesome. <laughs> um, <laughs> Yeah, do you want yeah, me to sit down? Like, uh, um, it, it is a really, uh, I, have a, I have my story with God, you know, like um, when I was like around 10, 10 years old, like uh, my, start, my dad started going to church and um, everyone thought, it's like, oh, he's, he's good, no? He started to go to church. But around 11 years, when I was 11, my dad come home and say, I find love and I find it in church. And so basically, uh, he said, this is my real love, and he divorced my mom, and he left us. And when he, it was kind of a divorce time, and he says, you know, like, the Bible says that everything is new. He makes everything new. That everything that's going on is in the past. So he left us in the past. For 11 years, he never talked to us. He never, like, looked for us. And, and I was, like, angry with God. I was, like, pissed. You know, I was, like, like, why God did that to my family? You know, and then I hear pastors saying that, you know, God already wrote this story. God intends that for you for something else. And I was thinking, that's a mean God. Why I want to serve? Why I, I want to be part of this God? 
when he destroyed my family, when he take away what I have. And um, so in the process, I live with my, uh, I went to live with my grandma in a really rough neighborhood. And um, where I grew up there, it was like 11 years old. And, and I remember every day, like, you know, they have those uh, grocery stores, the, the grocery stores that you go in the neighborhood. So I remember every day that I go to the store, I come back by my, at my house crying. It was those guys who beat me up every day. Like, so I got to be tough, yeah? So, like, I started... Um, Hanging out with them, I start to be their friends. I start like being being tough. So I remember my first date on a junior high. So there's Lalo, you know, the chubby guy, <laughs> with his backpack and and all that stuff. And they they stole my my uh, my notebooks and all those things, you know. So I was thinking, well, like this is really rough then. So I start like I um, I start hanging out with these guys who their parents they um, they were the drug lords in the area. So um, did you guys catch that the drug lords in the in the uh, immediate area? So basically they um, they start to respect me somehow, you know, because I was hanging out with them. I um, I start working for their parents when I was like 11 and a half. I start selling pot after after school. And um, it was just crazy, you know, because I, I was like having money, power, and nobody do anything to me. I, I, actually, they, they, um, they were nice to me. Lalo, uh, I'm gonna pause you real quick. Describe one of the things we talked about uh, this last trip is you kind of went into detail of the violence of, of being a little kid and hearing and seeing things on a day-to-day -day basis. Um, what was the violence like where you were growing up as a little kid there? Well, um, it, it was crazy. I, I grew up on, like, when, while I was grow up, growing up, it's like I said, hey, it was drug lords there. They were mercenaries. They were people who still, and for us, violence, it was pretty normal. It was like we hear, like, oh, yeah, someone die, someone get killed over there, and, and all over. For us, it was pretty normal. It was like the daily bread. And um, so the, the area was pretty rough for, for me. And um, as I was growing up, I, um, I, um, I started being more than just the, the, the seller, you know, like the dealer. I um, started being the, the guy who collect the money. So uh, I was collecting money and it was nice, you know. Um, I, it was like, um, like having more power having more like even the police there like it was so it's so corrupt there that they don't do anything now they 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 get paid and they leave me alone so um but one day i uh, was this um it was while i was growing up um there was this for well, these guys they um they don't like me so um they one day they these guys got me and um they put me to jail they want to give me um 10 years on jail, right when I turned 18. Um, and just to clarify, you're collecting money for the cartel? Yes, I was collecting money for them. And I was kind of like the repo man. I, I, I collect and recuperate um, whatever is lost. And um, so by this time, a bunch of people in high school and, and junior high, a lot of people want to told me about God, 
And I never want to be like part of that. Like I never want to put my ears and what they want, like what God has for me. You know, like I was angry with God and say, I don't want to, I don't want to be part of it. I don't want to be with him. You know, like for me, it was like super, my heart was just like broke. And, um, I, but I, it's just the, the years pass, you know, and my grandma always like, she prayed for me because she started going to church and my grandma, and she like, well, like I was doing crazy stuff. Like, um, I was telling Pastor Brian a bunch of crazy stories that, um, that things didn't happen and the way they happened, I guess, because my grandma's prayer for me. You know, like I think I, I see even when I was doing evil things, God's protection, God, like my grandma's prayers were there. And, and it's, uh, right now I'm realizing that um, the prayers have power. The prayers that really work, you know, like um, uh, even with we don't see an answer, I think God is working little by little as we, we let it work, you know. So, um, so I remember that uh, my life, it was pretty mess. It was a mess. It was crazy. I... Um, uh, I'm going to take you back to when you're 18 and you're you're facing possibly okay. 10 years. Okay. Uh, how does that shake out? What What's the end of that story? Um, the end, of, like I was in jail. I used, um, they, I was investigated for. Uh, my gosh, this is a long, uh, that's a big word, but I, it was like a, breaking the law. Yeah, no, it's breaking the law. Yes, but it's a. Uh, <laughs> It was like, um, they, it was like federal charges, like federal felonies. It was like a criminal association and all the stuff. So like I was, those guys put me the worst things that, um, and on, on the federal things. So um, my grandma paid $3,000 to, um, to them to let, let me go. So that's how I, I, um, um, I stepped out of jail. But as soon as I stepped out of jail, uh, they offered me a job like um, like dealing with cocaine instead of pot. So I was like a little a little bit higher than that. I was in um, another area, and um, so I worked there for four years, I guess. And um, someday, um, this guy, uh, it was my best friend, and um, he told me, you know, that this thing is good. And we were in a party, we were drunk, and um, this is a, this help you with this. And I started using cocaine for a year and a half. We start partying every day. We, um, I see my life being destroyed. I see everything that I have. I, I start selling my clothes. I start like, even stealing my grandma's. Because um, my life, it was on, on a, how you say, on a cliff. It was yeah. like, it was down. And it is when God started um, getting close to me, you know. So uh, there is where God started, like, uh, working on me. I remember I feel, like, so alone. Like, so many times I, I think in suicide. Like, I feel like nobody cares about my life. And I, I felt like uh, I wasn't, like, nobody, like, standing with me, you know. So... Uh, but I, one of the things, like, I, I thought, like, I thought suicide, but, like, at the same time, I was thinking, like, you're never going to commit suicide. Never you're going to get to that point. And um, so one day, we party too much, me and my friend. 
So I get home like 4.30 in the morning and it was like pretty high. And I, I feel my, my heart starts beating. And as soon as I feel that, I, I, I really thought I was like, I'm gonna die. And I call the, the ambulance, I call 911 and they, um, they arrive and it's like, what's going on? I say, you know, I just use cocaine. So if, um, if I go with the 911, I gotta tell people where I bought that stuff. I gotta put names, I gotta give names, I gotta give addresses and stuff like that. So I just tell them, you know what? I stay here, see you later. <laughs> so I stay back home and then I call my friend and say, you know what, you gotta take me to a hospital. And it's like, oh, which hospital? So it's just a private one, you know? So I wear it there and he left me there, you know? So it was like, it, it was crazy because I feel my heart spitting. And when my, my friend arrived, it's just like, he's, he asked me, say, you wanna go to the hospital or you wanna go get more? And my, in my mind is like, I want more, you know? So, but um, I went to the hospital and I remember like the, uh, the nurses, they were like putting me a, a, an oxygen mask and they want to put an IV, but they cannot um, find my veins because like, I was like um, hyperventilation, is how you say And they were not, like they were hiding, so they would cannot find it. So uh, I started praying, God, if you're really real, I need you to take me out of the, here, this place. And if you're really real, Like, I need you right now. And that day, um, I went out of the hospital, and I say, I, I, I continue living my life as normal, like always. I went to work, I went to do stuff. So that, that day was a Wednesday, but on a Saturday, um, I went back and I started using cocaine again. And it's when I go to the hospital again. And, and I, um, I, I was there, I start praying again. It's like, God, I, I know that I told you if I, you take me out of this hospital, like I will be a different people, but I'm like, I'm not. So I start praying and praying. And uh, finally I, go to, I get out of the hospital. And by now I'm really scared. I am like, what is going on in my life? So um, I stayed at home on the Saturday and um, And on a Wednesday, my grandma invited me to church. And I said, sure, let's go to church. And when I get there, I feel like myself, it was burning up. I, I cannot stand it. I cannot be at, like between the brothers and sisters in church. I feel like my demons were coming out. You know, it was just crazy. And, and I, like, people were asking me, like, Lalo, you want me to pray for you? And I say, no. No. Because I was angry with God. I was angry with, with everything that has to be with Christianity. And when I went home and I was watching a movie, my heart started speeding up again. And that's when I started telling God, say, God, I don't want to die and go to hell. If I die, I want to walk with, with you. So I start just like remembering since day one how I feel. And I started asking God for forgiveness for every single thing that I did. Like, I, like things that I even like, for me, it even don't even have a, like, a matter. You know, some, some things that like, just we say because we have a mouth. 
And God was remembering those things. And I was asking God for forgiveness for that. And I remember that date, it was between like 11.30 when I started praying. So by that time, I'm like, this is like 2.30. I am on the living room of my house and I'm crying there. I'm crying. Like I, I feel like I'm going to die. I feel death like waiting for me. And then some uh, words come out of my mouth and say, God is with me as he was with Moses. Amen. And it was like, as soon as that, I, I say that, it's just fire come to me. I start crying and crying and crying. And, um, and then my, my, my grandma wakes up and say, hey, what's going on? Do you, <laughs> do you want me to call the 911? And I say, and I say no, <laughs> let me explain to you what happened. And I'm still telling the story. And then like, this is like 3 a.m. And, and then like, she's crying with me, praying and worshiping and all this stuff. And then my grandpa wakes up and is like, what the heck is happening, you know? <laughs> and then it's like my grandpa was like, like I never see my grandpa crying. Like never in my whole life, never. He's a tough guy. He like I never like it was unbelievable. But that night he was praying and crying with us. <clears throat> so next day it was a different like person. This is not Lalo the the guy who who is mean. This is Lalo who only wants to read the Bible. It was Lalo who wants to um, worship God. And I, and I remember that day that I was just like totally different, like totally, uh, it was just crazy. You know, people don't believe that I have that change. At that time, I have a girlfriend. She left me because I came to be Christian. And because she can't believe the change that happened in my, in my life from nine to the morning. You know, and, and it was like my friends, they were asking like, what Lalo is doing right now? Why he's not here? Why he's not showing up? They were worried about it. They were like freaking out because they, they, they thought I was, doing, um, I, I was doing other stuff against them. And, um, but um, unfortunately, uh, my, my best friend, it was the, the pastor's grandson. So um, my, my friend told them, like he come to church, uh, to my house and say, what's going on after like a week and a half, say, you know, I'm start going to church and I'm going, I'm attending to your, your grandma's church. And then he went back and said, you know what, he's going to church, everything is fine. He is at my grandma's church. So, so they leave me alone, you know? So it was like, it was a good thing. They, they don't push me, they don't, uh, they don't, they don't go uh, against me or anything like that uh, because I started going to church. So there is where my trip begins because uh, <laughs> uh, it was... Chapter one. <laughs> yeah, that, that's, that's crazy because God changed my perspective. Yeah. And um, when, I, um, when I was like asking God, like what happened with my family? Like I've, I've been learning and God it was started teaching me that he was there in that time. God told me, like, that wasn't my decision. That wasn't my intention for you. But, you know, I got to work with people's decision. So what's your decision now? Mm. And, and for me, it was a little bit, like, difficult. But I, I went and, and, and looked for my dad after 11 years. I went and looked for him. And they said, you know what? I forgive you. 
and I love you. And I want you to join me. I want you to be part of what God is doing in my life. And he was like kind of surprised, like, what's going on, you know? So I got to explain the whole thing. And I say, I want to be okay with you. And um, so after that, I, like a couple months later, I went to YWAM. And there was this guy uh, named Ed Sinki. And he was sharing about, like, the, uh, the, father, the father's heart of God. Mm-hmm. And when I was, like, he was, like, one of the things that he was uh, teaching is the, uh, when you're a father, you decide the best for you, for your son. Like, even this father gave his son to die for us. You know? And, 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 and it's like something that I didn't get it. I didn't understand until like now when I have my son and I say, I will give everything for his own good. And now I understand that God give everything for my own good. Amen. 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 Awesome. Uh, I want to I bring you um, back uh, a couple of steps to that crossroad um, you had a, a friend in the business, if you would, um, and uh, you had told me uh, when you guys were kind of in the thick of it, um, uh, he was the one saying, we should study. Uh, and you were the one saying, uh, no, we should, we should advance. Can you take us uh, through that initial conversation with him? And then uh, I don't want to put you in a position, we're recording this, uh, it'll be, be shown, so I don't want to put you in a position where you share something that you shouldn't for your own safety, but um, what that transition is and what his life is like and compared to what your life is like now. Does that make sense? Yeah. Well, um, I remember being in high school and my friend, um, he just like told me like, hello, uh, we should go to college and he, he has dreams to be um, a social worker. And, and I always tell him, like, why do you want to study, man? We're, we're making money. You know, like, we, we should go up in the, in the thing. And um, we can be the ones who cut the cake. You know, we can be the ones who take the majority. And he's like, no, no. And I always push him, like, let's go this direction. Go this direction. And I was like, um, and then um, during that time, I when um, when all the, the the change happened, I came to be Christian, and he's still working, and got to college. He's still doing. He's a social worker, and uh, um, but. Uh, he was all the way in. He, he climbed up until the high levels. And when he um, tried to get out, um, he received a, a nice wood box and, uh, with a, a message saying, you can use this to defend yourself or to come and work. It was a gun. So he couldn't escape. He's still working there. He's still part of it. And... Uh, I don't have a really close relationship with him, but um, I, I, I have a better life than him. He wants to live that stuff. He wants to be different, but he can't. And um, 
so my life is much easier and fun and good. And I have God's blessings. I, I, I think God has been blessing me with a lot of stuff and with a beautiful wife and a son and a good life. Yeah, and it, your son looks like Leslie, which is great. <laughs> um, it's not often, uh, you may not know this, but it's, it's not often you're able to get out of the cartel um, without retribution. Um, longstanding, and not just for you, but for your family. And you were able to. Yeah. And, uh, and you didn't die, and, and, and all these things. What do you say about your grandmother's prayer? Because there are some people in this room that have been praying for their family. They've been praying for their grandkids. They've been praying for their kids. And they're not seeing it, but they keep praying. What's your, what's your word to them on, on what your grandmother's prayers? Um, well, um, I, I didn't die and the cartel they don't persecute me because um, like, I will start this. Um, uh, it was like everyone in Juarez, it was working. Like it was an open job for everyone, anytime, you can quit anytime. You know, so um, uh, when I came to be a Christian, like five months later, like the, from my conversion, I, I hear a rumor that nobody is allowed to sell any type of drugs in Juarez for like nine months. Like nobody, it was, uh, uh, it was the, the mayor cartel, like came in and take over Juarez. And for like nine months, they were cleaning the whole city. The, the, for nine months, they were like taking uh, away people who were selling. And um, is where they, they say, you know what, if you wanna work with us, you can come and join us. If not, you're clear. So it's where I clear up my situation. My situation. I was like, I able to go out like good. Like I, um, they don't even know me. <laughs> That's a good thing. Uh, uh, and then, but like, I, I think my grandma, it was really persistent in his prayer. I think my grandma believed and have the faith that I'm gonna come to God. And um, even when, when um, she told me many times that sometimes she was praying and I was getting worse and worse and worse and she was not encouraged. She was like, kind of like asking God, why if I pray, if I have faith in you, why this guy is getting worse and worse? But my grandma didn't, didn't give up. And I'm a, I'm a, my grandma's uh, prayer answer, something. Yeah, it's good. Yeah. So, yeah, so I'm here because of my grandma. Awesome. Uh, I wish we could, I wish you could hear more of his story. We'll get Wallow back again um, and hear more of his story. But I want you to transition now. So God captured your heart. He, he brought you to YWAM. Yeah. You heard the speaker. You went all in, you attended a DTS. If you remember our own Miranda Hansen uh, went on a DTS, it's a discipleship training school where you uh, are in classes on the heart of the Father and, and compassion and mercy ministry, et cetera. And then you go uh, on a mission field. Uh, you decided to stick around. Um, Lalo is uh, the director that oversees all short-term groups that come in like us. Uh, I want you to now fast forward several chapters and go uh, take us to what you have seen God do through YWAM, through people like our church and others, um, and, and why it's important that, that people continue to come to Juarez. Yeah, well, um, it's like, I want, 
That's it's, it's, a, it's a story because um, I, I remember like being in a bus and I was like, I was just read like John 10, 10. And they say the stealer comes to steal, kill and destroy. And um, I was asking God, like, what does that mean, you know? Like, I don't have nothing. Why he's gonna come steal? <laughs> and, uh, and like, not kidding, I hear his voice saying my blessings. Mm. And I was like, okay. And okay, he said, okay, so why he's coming to destroy? It's, and uh, no, uh, to kill. And he says, um, because you don't have my blessings, you don't have dreams. And because you don't have dreams, your life has been destroyed. And uh, I remember that, that day, I was crying on the bus and people looked at me like, who hit, hit that guy? Like, <laughs> like nobody's, like why he's crying that, that bad, you know? But like, he, like God was telling me, that's your life. That's how you feel. Imagine like two million people in this city feeling like that. And then he says, God told me, but you know what? That's not the important thing. The second, the second part is important because I'm here to give life and abandon life. And then it's when that, all that thing begins with like all my, 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 um, my intentions to, to share about God with other people. Even when I came to YWAM, I, like, I don't speak English. I, I was praying like over like three months and say, God, like how I can share like what these guys have has in their heart for my for the people in Juarez. How I can do that and like God, I like you speak all the languages and and I remember like like coming some words on my mind and 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 it's like I don't I can't believe that's English and and when I, I when I say it it Neither was can it, we. It, it was English <laughs> really it was like crazy. But like in three months, I was like speaking fluently, and I think God just like were like empower me, and um, and um, and why when we we do a lot of stuff, we do homes of hope, we do like the the uh, project teams, and um, and we do medical outreaches. Like in the medical outreach, we we um, um, and and all these years, I know people who are doctors, dentists, and uh, nutritionists, and all that stuff. So I call them and say. Hey, would you like to uh, put our medical orders together? And when they say yes, we do all the work, they, like a clinic, to share about God. We build a house to share about God's love. We train dramas, puppets, clowns, how to give a testimony. We translate with one uh, thing in, in mind, share about God. Because we know people has been, like, been still, has been uh, killed, has been destroyed. But we, want, we have that second part where we can share about the abandoned life. Mm. So I think that's in YWAM, that's what we do. We, we, we want to, everyone have that abandoned life. So uh, as we get ready to close here, I'm gonna give you an opportunity, Lalo. Um, Lalo is, is um, discerning and listening to his possible call to be a pastor. Uh, and I'm championing that. Like, I'm one of his biggest fans. I think he has a voice. I think uh, you have a calling. Uh, I think you have an anointing. And uh, I want you to speak to us from God. 
I want you to give us a, a word, an encouragement, a directive. What should our focus be? Um, I know it's putting you on the spot. Um, you can come stand next to me if you want, um, Kevin. Um, so because Lalo said that the two, the most ornery people in the colony are Kevin and Brian, um, he obviously called me Brian, but I named him Kevin. So, uh, so he's Kevin. Uh, so Lalo, I want to give you an opportunity, uh, Pastor, um, what say you uh, to us? Oh my gosh, this, um, I wasn't prepared for this, I know. but I, I, um, um, I, 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 when this group, it was there in Juarez, I, um, I relate to Nehemiah 9.27. If you uh, are reading that book, um, it talks when um, the people of God are getting together and they start repenting from all the things that happens, you know, like they were like this Nehemiah building the wall, you know, building the, the kingdom again. You know, he was, uh, he was a little bit worried about like the city and all the stuff. And, and, and it, it hears when, on over and over about like uh, the people of Israel always forgot um, about God. And he, they start walking in their own knowledge. They start walking in their own way. And, and when they start suffering, when they start, like when they say the enemy start, uh, they are over them. They pray to God. And, 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 and the Bible say that God sent them to someone to make them free. You know, and we see it on the Bible. If you read the Bible, you see it over and over and over. You know, and, and sometimes we, uh, we thought like we got to be walking in God. We got to be, be so holy, you know. But even the Bible said, these guys see the, 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 the Red Sea open in front of the eyes. And they're still walking in their own ways. So if you are struggling, you got to go with your father. You know, you got to go and, and, and run to, to his lab and say, you know what, I'm struggling right now. And I'm sure God is going to help you out. And never give up. Never say, you know what, I don't feel God. I never say, like, oh, God is not with me. Because he always is waiting for you, as, like the, the father waiting for the prodigal son. You know? And, um, and as you are, like, the church, you are the light. You know, like, I was, like, uh, Beth was explaining to me that Butler is that direction. And it's, it's under, like, on, on, like, you're on the hill. And remember the... Um, the light in the hill, you can see it from everywhere. You cannot hide it. You cannot put it there even when you feel like you are not holy. Even when you don't feel like you are not worthy. Because probably you're not worthy. But who is in you, make you worthy. Who is who, whoever, like, because God paid for you. He gives his son that make you more than worthy. You know, so like I like in Juarez, I feel like, oh my gosh, I'm the worst. I cannot share about God. But you know what? It's not about me. It's about who is in me. So if like you want to share, like even when you are doing crazy things, just remember who you are with and um, do not, do not stop talking about Jesus. This world needs Jesus. This city needs Jesus. You know, Colorado needs Jesus. So um, last week, we were talking about, like, we cannot change the whole world, but we can change a person's whole world. 
you know? So that's in our hands. And when we share, the Holy Spirit acts. The Holy Spirit go and, and, and um, talk to people's mind and people's heart. And then when they receive Jesus, they, they meet with the Father. But our responsibility is to share about Jesus. You know, so doesn't matter if people want to change or not. You are doing your job. It's not your job to save. Your job is to share the good news. And the good news is that he died. And, um, oh my gosh, I forgot the word. He came alive the, the third day, and he, now he's reigning on the, the, the right of the, the, of the king. And one day we're going to be there. And that's our hope. Amen. Amen. So you can take that. Uh, so as the worship team comes up, stay here, Lalo. Um, you know, it's... Uh, I'm so encouraged uh, because what, what you're giving is truth. <laughs> it's not from Lalo. Um, and uh, Alala would be the first one to stand before you and say, if you only knew <laughs> what I used to be standing here uh, and what God can do, that radical transformation uh, and that perspective change, uh, how you see life now, how you see the world, how you see people. And, and God didn't save Lalo uh, from Juarez and send him to Argentina. He saved Lalo in Juarez and assigned him to Juarez. And so the very streets that he used to roam and collect and, and be that other person, he now roams to give life and to give hope and to give truth and new houses and food and clothing. One of the greatest things I love about Lalo, whenever we're down there, uh, we'll say, hey, can we do this? He's like, yeah. I know people. And whether it's cement, whether it's construction, whether it's uh, a roofing, uh, whether it's uh, a bulldozer, anything, uh, it can be done because God can do it. And God continues to take uh, Rock Creek Church and, and, and assign a relationship that started so many years ago. Again, you heard about it several weeks ago with Kathy Hart handing it down to the Shevlins and the Shevlins bringing it to Rock Creek Church, uh, it, it, even at the outset with YWAM and now over the last year, bringing it back to YWAM and continuing to work with Jehovah Prevera and Jose Luis and Christina and, and that church, uh, and now a beautiful partnership with uh, YWAM. Uh, and so if you've ever wondered, why, why does our church do this? Why are we spending so much time? Why are they talking so much about it? I hope you got a glimpse. I hope you got a glimpse that it's not just church stuff. Uh, it's not just another mission trip. It's not, it's not um, going so that we can feel good about what we're doing. It's the church. And it is so much bigger than us. It's so much bigger than our life groups. It's, it's so much bigger than going to the Rockies game and, and grabbing a cup of coffee. And This is why we want you to go on a mission trip. This is why our commitment is that 100% of those who call Rock Creek Church home will have been on or will go on a trip because it changes you. 
and it introduces you to friends like Lalo, that you would have been gypped. And my life, and I mean this, I love you and I respect you and I can't wait to spend eternity with you. I am so proud of the work that God has done in you. And, and I want you, we as a leadership, we want you to experience that. We want you to be able to call Christina and, and Clara family. That's why this is so important. It's not just important for Juarez, it's important for us as well. So I'm going to ask you, we're, we're going to worship some more. We're going to do our darndest to do it in Spanish. Your English is doing great, by the way. And you look great. Um, but I'm going to ask you to pray for us as a church. And I'm going to ask you to do it in Spanish. Um, not yet. Hold on. Um, I just want to say something. Yeah, go ahead. Okay, um, I just want to say thank you for um, investing in Juarez. Thank you so much for going, even when people, uh, when you hear that is uh, uh, dangerous, even when, when um, people has like um, a, a different perspective on, uh, on Juarez. But um, just like, um, it's a guy there, his name is Ty Thurman, and he's an American guy who um, is um, investing a lot in me, who um, he gave me a new perspective on life because um, you guys see the, the life different than, than Mexicans. So we need your perspective. We need your, uh, the, the way how you look things. And I, and I think that that's something is helping me too, is to get out of that, that thing, is, um, is having someone like that Thurman to, to help me and growth in my relationship with God and my perspective. So we need you guys. Would you please stand and allow Lalo to pray over us? Dios, quiero darte muchas gracias por por tu amor y tu misericordia. Muchas gracias porque estamos aquí, mi Dios. Muchas gracias porque podemos adorarte, Padre, libremente, Dios. Muchas gracias porque podemos, Señor, estar juntos en unidad, Padre, en español, en inglés y de todos los idiomas, mi Dios. Y, Señor, yo oro, Señor, por esta congregación, que tú los bendigas, que tú los guardes, Padre, que tú estés con ellos, Señor, Padre, como... Um, los tuviste, Padre, con, con todos esos hombres, Dios, que, um, que tú has llamado, mi Dios. Yo oro, Señor, que tú los bendigas y que tú pongas palabras en su, en, su, en su boca, Dios, para compartir acerca de ti, mi Dios. Que ellos sueñen, Padre, contigo. Que ellos este, um, uh, tengan visiones, mi Dios. Y, Señor, yo oro, Señor, que, que tú los bendigas grandemente. En el nombre de Jesús. Amén.